some of my students here call making as coding, right? So we have computer scientists. Um, one of my students who is a computer scientist, but also very good um, at sewing. If you are thinking in a career of making, design, building, manufacturing, wherever you are in the world, go seek out, look at other people's work who inspires you, reach out to people and connect with them. Being in the space with other people, peer-to-peer -peer learning is the way to move forward. Welcome to another episode of A Woman's Place. My name is Maju. I am the community manager at She Here is She's the Universe. I'm from Rio, Brazil, and my favorite food, I guess, uh, right now would be coxinha, which is a chicken. It's a chicken fried chicken on uh, savory here in Brazil. Uh, so a little bit about, and, and I'm here today with Niti. Uh, she is our architect and design slash maker from Cornell. And we are very happy to have her here today with us. Uh, here she will tell a little bit of her story, trajectory, and of course, inspire all of you. So a little bit about She's the Universe. She's the Universe is an NGO that supports girls from all over the world, uh, design programs to develop girls, uh, not only hard, but also soft skills, and for them to be able not to be the leads of, leaders of change, but also the leaders of their own life. Um, this program, A Woman's Place, was designed in order to um, inspire girls from all over the world and show them that they can be whatever they want, and of course, help them um, to guide them on to see what careers, what do they love the most and find themselves in this professional field. And no further ado, I'm gonna let uh, Niti introduce herself. So, hi Niti, uh, would you like to tell us a little bit about you, um, where are you from and your favorite food? Sure, um, hi everyone, my name is Niti Parikh. I'm tuning in from New York City here on our Cornell University campus, which is the Cornell Tech. Um, I'm originally from India. I grew up in India, but I think I've spent now half of my life here in the United States and or more than half of my life now in the United States. Uh, but my upbringing was in a state called Gujarat in India. My favorite food has to still be a Gujarati comfort food, which is called khichdi. Um, I can eat that any time of the day. Um, and for some people, it is really hard to believe that because it's a very simple food with lentil and rice, um, which is just steamed and pressure cooked. But it still, it still touches my heart and reminds me of home. So that has to be my favorite food right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's really sweet. Um, I love that. I would love to try it also. Um, I can send you a recipe. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so could you tell us a little bit of what to do and what to do on in your career? Um, yeah, so I am the director of learning spaces and maker labs here at Cornell Tech. So Cornell Tech is a higher academic education campus for Cornell University where we have um, about 600 plus master's students in a growing program. 
um, also PhDs, researchers, and postdocs. So um, what I do is I basically create an environment for a prototyping for any of our students to bring their ideas to life. So it involves digital fabrication, um, latest digital technology, uh, where you can turn from design to ideation to product. So, and my background is in um, interior design and interior architecture, um, which um, I did my master's at Rhode Island School of Design in the East Coast. Um, and I was, for a long time, I was in the West Coast, and now we are back in the East. So, um, yeah, it's, it's coming to full circle. I think my trajectory of work has been not as usual you would think of for a design student or an architecture student to be. But I think um, today, if I look at back at it, um, I have no regrets in the way what I get to do today in my day to day. So um, yeah, I, I get to create environments for students and um, our faculty and researchers and whoever walks into these labs. And you said that your path wasn't on a little bit of what people would um, expect. So could you tell us a little bit more about that? Um, yeah, so usually um, when you go to a design school for architecture or interior design, you have your degree, you work in architecture firms, um, you kind of progress towards from an intern to a designer who is a junior designer and then to associate. Luckily, I had an opportunity to work when I was in the middle of my undergraduate studies, when I came to the United States for the first time, um, I had an opportunity to come back during a semester where we can do a semester anywhere in a firm. And I ended up begging my way into a downtown Chicago office. So I was visiting my family in Chicago and um, they said, yes, sure, you should try for an internship here. Uh, but the only places I was getting an internship as an interior designer was in a furniture shop. So I didn't realize that United States, if you're an interior design student, you are basically selling finishes or furniture, which was very different than my studies, which was more inclined toward architecture. So I started going um, door to door in architecture firms in downtown Chicago. and this particular office hired me because they were in need for they were moving and they were in need to categorize that material library and the vernon williams architects he is still a very good mentor to me but that started my journey into kind of looking at things that what is the goal like what do i like to do and then pursue that so till then of course as a woman you have also a lot of milestones when you get married um, and things changed when I had my first child. Um, and that's when I started looking at things again differently because I was working for a full-time job. And then I'm like, I cannot do this with my, uh, with my little children in hand. So that is when I kind of looked at the things that how can I empower myself to do something which is small scale, but I control everything from start to finish. Um, and that's when I, um, again, stumbled into, through a volunteership, uh, into a makerspace in San Francisco, and that's how I learned all the tools I know and I teach today. So um, that was another kind of turn for my career where I took a break from working for an architecture firm and started looking at things 
and how to create something from start to finish. So when you're working with buildings, of course I was part of a team uh, and I was contributing in a way in certain stages of design. Um, but now I was actually dealing with clients, the customers, the business aspects. I started my sole proprietorship. I started putting taxes. And um, so I learned a lot in that time to like how to really be a one person firm. Of course, I started hiring some of my uh, friends to help me with certain projects when it became too much. Um, so that kind of made my mindset in a very different way of how you can approach design and have you create a team of people to get from point A to point B. Um, and that was now 10 years ago. And during that time, um, I came to know a lot more about the world of making and digital making. Um, if, you, if you think about it, the, the digital fabrication um, technology has empowered us to any person to come up with an idea and really bring an idea to life. If you were to do that 10, 15 years ago, you would have to find a big shop who would be able to make maybe 10, 15, 20 um, orders for you, but you will have to invest upfront um, to really get that product back in your hand to then go and see that if it sells. Now with technologies like 3D printing, laser cutting, you can really bring that idea to life, look at it, touch it, feel it, get it uh, wetted by other experts, and then really go looking for manufacturing process. So it just changed this wavy design. So there was disruption happening and I could see it, um, not in just the field of uh, industrial design, but also interior design and architecture. So. Um, it, luckily I was in the West Coast, the, the movement of maker movement had really started there. Um, and there were a lot of these uh, public maker spaces where people could meet. So I met, um, I met the entrepreneurs who designed, um, you know, like products which are successful today, which I see them in the museum here in New York City. And we were the people who were just members of that space at that time and we started a meetup group and talked about how really uh, we can you know bring this idea to life like simple things like oh my god like the taxes are coming I've never done that before what are my write-offs so it's just became this really great opportunity of learning and I think that after that I never thought of going back to working for a firm I, I think that that just made me that, okay, I need to be in an environment where I'm always learning. And so when an opportunity came up, my husband was, um, at that time, was working for UC Berkeley and he was appointed by Cornell University to come and work in this new campus in New York City. Um, they also gave me an opportunity to give them a one year to program what their maker space could be. Um, so I was in that space. I said, okay, I'm going to move to New York City. I love this city, but I have no idea what I'm going to do in the next, but maybe I'll do half of my time dedicated to this job and see what I can do for them. So that was seven years ago. And now I'm a full-time director here, a founding director for the lab. And we have really, I would say, defined the area of making for Cornell Tech as a higher education. And 
Um, as we speak, we just hired an architecture firm. So now I'm in a reverse role where I'm a client of an architecture firm where I'm, we are moving into a much larger space and designing much more programming for the lab. So I, this is like a more overall thing. There are a lot of small anecdotes which comes and goes in the life. But um, yeah, this was my kind of like a more streamlined trajectory of past 20 years or more since I graduated. One thing that, so you are our second interviewee. And one thing that I'm I'm realizing from um, the conversation that I had and the conversation that I, I'm having with you is so how is uh, different from what we think a career path is? Because as you mentioned before, maybe think career as a very linear uh, trajectory, and and it's really interesting seeing your career uh, as something not linear and at the same time it's extremely exciting and extremely inspiring also. So for the girls who don't know what is um, uh, a little bit about making and things like that, could you talk a little bit about that and how that relates with uh, your background with interior design? So I believe in we all are makers, right? We cannot exist without using our hands and this brain to make sense of our environment. So if you think about a person anywhere in the world, um, needs those basic necessity where you are, you have some objects. So I feel like I anchor myself or wherever I've moved um, in a new space, new environment, I always anchor myself with like people, places, and objects. And we do need to make certain things to make that happen. So let's say to gather people around you, which you admire and want to be with, you have to curate an activity. The making part, so I, right now, I teach and be in the programming where I work with children from age six, and I have 76-year-olds um, taking my class at Cornell Tech. So it's basically, I see that everyone is a maker, and no matter what tools, there's always, everyone in their life have expertise in certain things and the ways they make. Um, and there's so much to learn there that I feel everyone can be a student of making. <laughs> said, that said, um, in, terms of, in terms of profession trajectory, some of my students here call making as coding, right? So we have computer scientists, um, one of my students who is a computer scientist, but also very good uh, at sewing. And they, when they walk into this lab, they came to this campus to really learn computer science and be master at that. But when they walk into this lab, they kind of feel like I want to find something where I can use my hands and make um, or rekindle my uh, interest in something which I did way back in, uh, under, you know, in my middle school or something. Um, so sorry if I'm like moving away from your real question, but I feel like anyone who has um, any desire in a career, look at it in a way that um, what, what are the people you want yourself to be surrounded with, right? So do you see yourself in a corporate environment or educational environment? And what are the careers which, and what places you will go to? 
uh, when you are going to be in that profession. Um, I, I am making a lot of conscious efforts to be in this space, even though I had other opportunities to kind of like go back to the architecture firm or go do this. Even though this is much more challenging, I think teaching is really challenging for me. I do put in a lot of effort. It doesn't come naturally to me. Service providing comes naturally to me because I was trained in that. But teaching is hard um, and I'm learning that. But I feel um, I get, I, I gain a lot of, from that, from my students and the work I do. So um, I think anyone who wants to pursue a career in making digital fabrication, architecture design, the industry is merging so much that if you if you give yourself skills early on um, and also uh, in basic coding making digital fabrication you are well versed and then diversify yourself in many different ways um, and then assess the opportunity you know be out there try four things and don't be shy um, that i have taught myself in past decade also and um, yeah uh, i love what you say about everyone is a maker um that's that's really interesting because and um, when it's i think i don't know how is everyone thinking about this but when i think about architecture or on uh, anything related to that i think in a very structured way and seeing this freedom that that today's technology brings is is really really interesting mm -hmm. so thank you so much for that I would love to know, um, so you said you had a lot of moments in your career. So you worked in corporate, you uh, were in the space, in this maker space. So how was the feeling of moving in your career trajectory? Did you felt insecure? Did you, uh, how did you deal with that? Uh, because we know that for women, we have a much more expectation to succeed. And so how did you feel about that regarding to your trajectory? It's always daunting when you're kind of taking those leaps in your career. Um, but I was, I think the people who know me, especially my husband, would tell me that I am very workaholic and I'm very much, I, I sometimes get taken carried away by, I define myself with the work I do. Um, but at the same time, I feel like as I grow older, I do, I do try to bring the balance and also kind of try to seek that help of people and mentors. Um, I, it is very important to seek out those few people in your life who you can go back to, um, to kind of check in on the progress. And I do the same for my interns who can still call me or text me even after they have graduated or in, in doing something else, right? So it's, um, I think, a connection with people who you trust and can go back for uh, advice is really important. I've had a great family who has supported me. Um, I think a lot of families from Indian culture, especially the parents have a really high expectation in, in are you gonna be a doctor or a lawyer or engineer? There's always this thing. Luckily, my parents never imposed that. Um, I, I still remember I failed my class sketching in my first year in design school. Um, 
and I was devastated. I've never failed anything. And my father, my dad said that, well, you are getting a chance to redo it in the summer. So you're just going to get better at it. So like, why are you worried? Like, just go have fun and <laughs> do these assignments again. And I, and that just freed me so much. He's like, what's going to happen? You're going to lose six months. I'm like, no, I'm not going to lose six months. I'm going to be able to do this. But he, he just made it so much, just that disconnection and free freedom to do what I wanted to do. Um, it, it ended up making me brave in a way that I, I wasn't afraid of any challenges to come. Um, and, and I feel like also becoming a mother made me much stronger woman person. There's always this higher thing as a woman that um, you have these internal responsibility towards your family and your, even if you're not a mother, you have, a, you kind of inherit this responsibility for a few friends or like some, so that, that nurturing takes on and you kind of, I feel like I do that in everything I do. Um, I make sure that I'm nurturing my um, students the best way or I'm, I'm putting in everything I have for um, the work I'm supposed to be doing and even plus more. So yes, it is hard to, to take those leaps, but um, it's always fun to give those opportunities and exciting, you know, those challenges also. Failing is so scary. Um... Failing, I think, is is uh, a thing that it can be very scary or it can be very amazing uh, or both. And mo most part of the time is both. <laughs> and so it's really interesting to see how failing was such a a core um, a core thing to bring you where you are. And this is really inspiring. So thank you so much for that. How did you find yourself in the in interior design school? How did you, um, it was something that you always wanted. It was uh, a decision that you didn't know quite well what was it. Like, how did you, I don't like to say came up with that decision, but mm -hmm. um, how did you got there? So my father is an architect. So I grew up in the household where I would, go with him to his sites or anytime we went out it was through his project site we had to stop by and i was only one person from my family who would step out of the car and like actually go with him and walk over all every places but my mom was my mother is a dentist so i also when i was little i didn't know i, I always looked up to them and i'm like i'm gonna be a dentist or i'm gonna be a doctor or now I'm going to be an engineer or, you know, work like where my dad is doing things. So I went to a school called um, SEPT, which is Center for Environmental Planning and Technology in Gujarat, in Ahmedabad city. And it is a very, when I visited it, it, it just felt really good about it. It was a small design program, very competitive. You have to give an entrance exam to be in there and all, and students from all over the country would come to apply there. So I think it was only one college in my city which had students from all around the country. 
so it wasn't like we are the dominant. We were like 20% were the locals and the 80% was from all different. And that just made the environment even much more richer in a way that I can learn. So whenever I walked through those, um, that campus, it, it made me feel like I, you know, it just inspired me. So I decided to apply for the entrance exams. Um, and my, it was a decision between School of Architecture and Interior Design. Uh, my father was definitely wanted me to go for interior design because the program there was not just interior design in a in a three year way. It was a more foundational uh, with architecture. So you do architecture the same program as architecture students and construction management students for the first year. So it was a lot of good foundation for that. Um, so he was thinking in terms of future, like, oh, then I will have a more, you know, people add to my firm. Um, but I really wanted to go in the architecture program, but I didn't get in. Um, so my second choice was the interior design program. But although now when I look at it, I think that was the best thing which happened to me because the interior design program allowed me to look at people and environments more in an empathetic way than in the field of architecture. And I think I was, I was more passionate in that. It opened me up to the crafts of the region. Um, it allowed me to interface between the spaces and the crafts, and that's what I do today also. Um, I bring the actual crafts which we do with hands into a digital world, and that has always been my passion since. That's how I ended up in the program. First of all, I love how the failing was yeah. once again something good yeah. on building to the person that you are today. So that's really amazing. I love that you said about on uh, how interior design made you more empathetic and more connected with people. And how do you think that built to not only the person that you are today, but the professional that you are today? I feel like what happened is that interdesign kind of merged into a lot of professions. So if you look at, if I look at my uh, class who graduated in interdesign with me, they all are doing many different things. There are some who are entrepreneurs of a company, some are uh, UX designers, some went to master's program and did more hardcore computer science stuff. And now they're working in the firms where they're building products, more digital products, but they still have that connection on basic design. So the program I went to had a really strong foundation um, of basic design. So how do you really look at a uh, world around you and then you build your aesthetic sense over that. So that foundation never left me. So when I went to my master's program at Rhode Island School of Design, I was able to graduate early because after one year I applied for early graduation, you can apply. There was a track for that. So they would pick like five students to graduate early and I was able to do that. And I think that was because of my just ability to understand, uh, like my thesis at Rhode Island School of Design was actually urban spaces. And, and I connected people in informal methods of design. Um, so it didn't, I feel like being in the middle between the architecture and the hardcore construction, I could merge into a lot more different ways into looking at spaces and people. 
because as an interior architect, when I started working in the firm in Seattle, um, I was able to meet with everyone in the firm because that's how, you know, when you write down your role, okay, so interior architect is going to be sitting with the architects and the project managers because they are needed from the beginning of the project. So it just became this, it, it just made sense for me to bring in a lot of people. So I became this collaborator where I can, I can talk to a vendor, I can talk to an architect, I can talk to a client and then bring their ideas together in this. Because you're living the interior environment you're not experiencing the outside of the building as much as you have to inhabit the environment. So how do you, you know, um, it became much more interesting to me um, to be in that space. Because then now I can go into, I can focus myself to a small product, which I did for some time during when I started my company, to what, if you amplify those products, what it gives you, what experience it gives you. Um, in space yeah uh so we are coming to kind of we are in the beginning of the end of this interview <laughs> so my next question is about what are your um expectations for not only the next year but the next five years where do you see yourself uh, personal or professional <laughs> it's... both which one do you feel more comfortable <laughs> um i think it's Right now, I'm at the stage of my life where I, my kids are growing up, they're becoming more independent. Uh, I have much more time to spend in terms of thinking about uh, work. But I feel like I want to become this person more, which doesn't divide work and existence. So, you know, like I'm going to work and then I would like to break those boundaries for every working woman and maybe set an example. That would be my goal to have, if you if you become, if you are at that certain level in your career, um, if you can establish that work pattern and if I can leave that behind for people who, I, who work for me, um, I would like to create that much more that how can you really um, have a wholesome life with, and pandemic has shown us that it's not necessarily that you are present in that space to be working, uh, but it's more about your overall self, right? So um, I think my goal for next five years would be to how do I really train the people who I'm hiring to be working with me to get to what they want to do, but um, at the same time, like really create a more better balance between the work and life that I, no woman has to stop their work till their kids grow up. You know, like I commonly find myself like now that I have my kids growing up, I have more time to work, but I think that shouldn't be the case. So I think that would be my goal to for, maybe talk to my friends more about it or to young women about it that how, where are they struggling in that and help them find <laughs> anything which they are not saying in 10 years in their interview that oh now that i have this thing i can work more so yeah um overall balance of your wholesome life would be great beautiful honestly makes makes about a lot of things in perspective yeah i love that thank you um and for our last question 
-hmm. unfortunately, because I really love this conversation. Um, what would you tell a girl who wants to be a maker, architect, design? On um, what would you tell her? Wherever you are in the world, go seek out, look at other people's work who inspires you. Reach out to people and have and connect with them. Um, being in the space with other people, peer-to-peer -peer learning is the way to move forward. Um, in past two years, I have made a very conscious effort to go out in the city and be in the spaces and look at other people or even go to places where I don't understand a word of it. Uh, but I'm, I'm learning something new. Get out of your comfort zone. So I went to, last week, I went to a makerspace which deals only with biology. I had no idea what those presentations were. They were talking about microbes and virus and bacteria and DNA sequencing. But I could see that there's so much synergy in the work we do. I right away contacted the CEO of that. I'm like, we should talk. Um, and she had that same reaction. So I think there is so much more to learn by, if you are thinking in the career of making design, building, manufacturing, go out and, and, and seek out the people who are doing that work. Everyone is very keen to like give their time and talk if asked questions. See if you can you know, get to be in the space, volunteer and, and make an effort to be in a profession where you feel comfortable in those people and places, right? That's, that's the key. Thank you so much for accepting our invitation, for being so well in it, and uh, to talk to us. Uh, I'm sure this conversation was so rich, uh, not only for girls who are seeking uh, a career path in making, architect design, but also any girl who's watching. I know that I've learned a lot. So thank you so much for that. Thank you. <laughs> So everyone, um, below we, you're going to find the contact information for Niti and be sure to follow She's the Universe to see what else we are doing and of course how you can get involved with us. So thank you so much everyone who's watching. Thank you so much Niti once again. Um, this was amazing. Thank you.